wherever there are shadows, there are people ready to kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. This is Bleeding Daylight with your host, Rodney Olson. Welcome to another episode of Bleeding Daylight. How do you deal with all the conflicting messages about health and body image? What's the right diet? What's the right way to exercise? Can we overcome the body image obsession? My guest today has some answers for you. Please subscribe to Bleeding Daylight to ensure you don't miss an episode, share episodes with your friends, and make sure you connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cody Wheeler spent years battling with food obsession, constantly getting on and off diets, binging and restricting, all leading to punishing workouts. After years of struggling to obtain and maintain his dream body, he was struck by a realisation that was to change his life forever. His podcast, Strong For Your Tasks, is now helping others to that same realisation. He's also written a book of the same name, and I'm so pleased that he's joining us on Bleeding Daylight today. Cody, thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Rodney. It's my pleasure. Tell me about those early years of food obsession and all the dieting. When did it all begin and, and what do you think triggered all of that for you? It began really early and I think for, for lots of people it begins a lot earlier than, than we are even aware of. When I look back, it, it goes right back to, to my childhood in a lot of ways where um, I remember my mom who had really good intentions telling me to finish off my plate to make sure I ate everything that, that I took. And those small things started to form little habits. That's where it started. And then when it kind of manifested itself as this is a problem was in when I went to university. And so I started to get more into fitness. I was always into activity, but not really into fitness growing up. And so when I started to work out and read different blogs and those sorts of things, they always come with lots of images and images of this is how you could look and this is how you might look and and I really wanted those things and I think lots of that just stemmed from just from wanting the approval of others. I was I was always a, a shy kid, a quiet kid. I wasn't really the center of attention in in lots of my growing up and and I found myself wanting that. I kind of I wanted people to to notice me um, and I wanted people to want to be me and I wanted people to to look and say, wow, there's someone who's who's got it all together. And so so my motivation was really just trying to win the approval of others and to have other people think that I was something. And that just led to, to me doing some unhealthy things to try and earn that approval from other people. So how far did that go? We've mentioned that there's that dieting up and down, constantly binging or to just starving yourself. Tell me about that time and, and what you actually did during that time. So what I would do is kind of Monday through Friday, about midday, I would I would eat very few calories. So um, I would cut out carbs for the most part and just kind of eat sort of as, as little as possible. And I would do um, lots of working out, uh, lots of running and just intervals and anything I could do to be active. And then on Friday, starting at around supper time, right through till probably Sunday, it would just sort of be a free for all. And I would just eat and eat and eat and eat. And then on Monday, I'd feel just a tremendous amount of guilt. And I would just go through the whole process again. I'd work out harder, I'd eat less. And it would just kind of continued on and on that cycle of really restricting and then letting loose and really restricting and letting loose. And there was just a ton of guilt every single time. And it was 
it was as if what I was expecting to um, to bring me happiness just kept bringing me more and more guilt, more and more shame. And it just, it wasn't something that was sustainable, wasn't healthy for my body physically, mentally. Um, and it was just really impacting a lot of areas of my life. So as this is going on, are you getting any closer to this body that you wanted? Are you starting to, to look in shape? Because often we find that people who are able to achieve somewhat of, of what they're attempting, there's bad habits in the background, but it there's this veneer that looks good. Were you getting any results? I was getting weight loss, but I, I wasn't really getting myself closer to the body that I desired. And so kind of the mistake that I was making at that time was associating weight loss with making progress, that, that weight loss was good at, at all costs. And so while I wasn't getting healthier, I was losing weight, but I, I, I wasn't looking the way that I wanted to look. And so again, it's, it's that thing where the exact thing I'm trying is actually working against me to, to bring me towards my goals. And of course, one of the things that we don't see in the magazines or online on those fitness sites is that we all have a different physiology. We are all built differently. And so we're going to react differently to those sorts of cues, that the different things that we eat and, and the exercise. And so you were probably fighting a, a losing battle right from the start, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what most people don't realize is, in my experience, we just sort of write it off to steroids, that those guys in the magazines, the girls, the bodybuilders, they're all just using steroids. And that's probably part of it for the most part. But what we don't necessarily see is, is just the how big of a impact the genetic component of it all makes, where like if you look at a, a professional bodybuilder, before they started steroids, they would have had tons of muscle. They would have been really lean just genetically. And then those steroids, they just take them from above average to sort of what we would consider like a superhuman level of, of muscle and leanness. And so for most people, there's no circumstances most people will look like the bodybuilders, the, the fitness magazines, the people that, that I was trying to emulate. Just genetically, I, I realize it now, I could not get there. There's, there's nothing I could do, even if I went the route of taking steroids and, and other drugs and those sorts of things. I would not look like those people. Just genetically, I can't do it. And I think coming to grips with that a little later in life has also provided a lot of freedom, just realizing that not only can't I, but I don't have to either. I guess that's the thing too, is that we've got to go right back to the heart of it. As you say, you were doing this to be accepted by others, not necessarily because you wanted your body to be that way for yourself. What was the realization for you? When did the penny start to drop that this was never going to get you where you wanted to go? I was a young adults leader at the church I was going to at the time. And there was one night I was, I forget what I was talking about to the group. And all of a sudden it just, it just struck me as I was talking is that I have an eating disorder, that my eating is disordered from the way it should be. And I remember it, it struck me and I just, for some reason, maybe it was, it was a God thing that it fit the topic of the evening. And so I just came right out and said that, that that's something I've been battling. And it was from that moment that, that I started to, to slowly piece things together. And it was probably from that moment, still a lot more failures than successes in trying to right my ship. That's sort of the moment where things started to, to unfold and, and lead me to where I am today. It's interesting that uh, you're leading others and suddenly you come to this realization did you have to have words to God later and say, hey, I'm, I'm meant to be the one teaching here at the moment, God? <laughs> uh, that's what I find so often with, like, with this podcast that I'm, I'm working on is 
it can often come across as like that because I'm teaching this stuff, I've got it all together. And what I often find is that as I'm speaking, as I'm talking and working these things through, the main message is going to myself. And so when I talk about eating whatever or living for the glory of God and those sorts of things and how that all works, most of the time, it's it's really just a conversation with myself that gets recorded and put out there because there's still so many areas where I feel I'm lacking and I, and I need to hear just as much as anyone else. There is the realisation that comes for most of us over various issues, but then working it out in our lives is is often a very different thing. How did you then, after that realisation, start to put things into practice, put things into place that changed the way that you operated? So I think where I went first was I wanted to go to the Bible because I believe that the Bible impacts every single area of our life. And so I wanted to see what the Bible had to say. And what I found is that the Bible doesn't give a lot of explicit teaching on health and fitness. And, and so that was kind of disappointing at first. And then I started to look for principles that maybe the Bible gives me that I could apply to my, my health and fitness. And so I'm just starting to go through and say, what does the Bible say that, that could be useful and so just different things like for me, working out a lot, that was that was a problem for me. And so practicing discipline to not work out quite as much, to say it's okay if I don't work out all the time, trying really hard to stress less over my food. And again, I say all of this realizing that I wouldn't say I'm I'm fully recovered yet, but I am I am far from where I where I once was, but I still feel like I have a long way to go to where I want to be. And so just trying to trying to get a really good just grasp on on what am I actually dealing with? Well, it's it's just health and fitness. And so trying to give it its proper place where it's important, but it's not the most important. So, so part of that was working out less, spending more time reading my Bible and praying and those sorts of things. Some of it was forcing myself to, to break some of those habits. So, so forcing myself to eat some carbs during the week, forcing myself to take mornings off working out and just really trying to practice discipline was was probably the first steps that I took in order to get me to where I am. It's interesting you talk about the the practicing of, of discipline because oftentimes we attribute that to things like working out or the way that, that we eat. And you're actually using this discipline to say, I don't have to work out. I don't have to eat these particular mm-hmm. foods. It's it's a real flipping everything on its head, isn't it? The the way that you started to think about everything. And I think that's where that's where this this topic of stewardship has has really come up. So as I was as I was going through the Bible trying to figure out what does it say, the idea of stewardship just really popped up to me that that my body doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. And so because it belongs to him, I should be taking care of it. And so when it comes to to stewarding my body, I realize it's it's not about gaining weight or losing weight. It's just about taking care of my body, and and that's going to look different for for every person. And so that's where where some of this it totally, like you said, it flips it on its head. Where I'm not focusing on working out more. I need to work out less. And so for for some people, stewardship is going to mean working out less. It's going to be mean being less restrictive. But there's also going to be that group out there that needs to work out more and be maybe a little bit more restrictive on what they're eating. Like you said, it really flips it on its head and it really applies to a wide range of people because we can all steward our body and it's all going to look different. And so for me, it was about doing less and trying to care less about my fitness in those ways. 
And again, it's interesting that you mentioned that the whole idea of eating too much and, and having that battle with food started back as a very young boy when you started to hear those messages from your mum and your brain sort of took it in and, and, and went the wrong direction with it. Mm-hmm. But it started there. So a lot of the habits that we have, either to exercise too much or too little, to eat too much or too little, start way back then. So how do we then turn things around? Because this is not just changing behavior, is it? This is changing a mindset. How do we start to change that mindset? Yeah, I think the best thing to do is is to go slow because the risk that people run is when, when the pendulum starts to swing back is it doesn't stop where we want it to. It goes to the extreme. And so if maybe someone's obese and they have really poor uh, exercise habits and really poor nutritional habits, their tendency is not to find moderation. Their tendency is to go extreme. And so the more working out, the better, uh, stricter they eat, the better. And we kind of miss, miss the point when, when we just act emotionally. And so, so the first thing is to, I think, just try to take a very moderate approach. Look at where you're at and just kind of ask yourself, what's one thing you could do to make yourself a little bit healthier? Because you're not going to get healthy overnight, but you can be a, just a little bit healthier. And if you become a little bit healthier each and every day, well, over the course of a year, five years, 10 years, that's going to make a really big difference for most people. And so it's, it's not about doing it all at once. It's about recognizing there's a lot of years that you've been doing things a certain way. And so to try and break all those habits at one time, to try and totally remove yourself from that lifestyle, it's going to take time. And I think oftentimes the harder we push against it, the harder we feel it pushes back. And so if we are constantly overeating and we say, I'm not going to eat chocolate ever again, well, that's probably not going to work well for most people. There's going to be a few people who can kind of gut it out and grind it out. But most people are going to just be thinking about chocolate, chocolate, chocolate over and over again. And then when they finally do eat chocolate, they're going to probably go all in on that and set themselves back to where they once were. And so I think to take a very moderate approach, not trying to change everything at one time, but recognizing these habits have been with us for a long time, even before we had memories of what was going on. And so I look at at my kids right now, there's things that they do that I don't remember teaching them, but they've just picked that up along the way. And so I think there's probably things that we've just picked up. We don't necessarily even know where they came from. And so to recognize that and say, it's been like this for a long time, it's going to take a little bit of a, a little bit of time to change things to where I want them to be. How do we deal with this instant society? Everything we want is immediately available. If, uh, if it takes more than 60 seconds to warm something in the microwave, we <laughs> get a little impatient. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be instant. And yet our bodies don't work like that. And so if it's losing weight or putting on muscle, whichever it is that we need to do, it's going to take time. How do we start to deal with the fact even those little things that you say that we start to do are going to take quite some time before we see evidence of it? And that can Mm -hmm. cause us to think, I just give up because it's not doing any good. How do we learn that patience? Yeah. My first suggestion for just about anyone wanting to change their, their body composition or their health is to at least minimize social media if not totally avoid it altogether, because when you go to social media, you you exit reality and you start to become part of this, this world where that do, it just doesn't exist. If I go walking to the local beach 
and I see people at the beach, there is no one that looks like the people I see on Instagram. And yet, if I go on Instagram, I could see hundreds of people who look like they're in incredible shape. And so I think getting off of social media, really, it helps to retune us into reality, saying these exercise programs, they won't make me look like that person. And so just getting, getting all of that noise out of the way, I think, is a really, a really important step to take it at some point. Because it's, it's just giving us proper expectations of, of how fast things should go and what the end result will look like. Um, and I think the next thing that I would suggest to most people is to, is just to kind of ask, what is your goal in improving your health? Is it to be healthy for a day? Is it to be healthy for a week? Is it to, like, are you trying to get in shape for an event and then you don't care? Um, or is it something you want for the rest of your life? Because if it's for the rest of your life, then there's not really a finish line on it. So it's not really a race to get there. And so by recognizing that I want to be a healthier person for the rest of my life, well, then it doesn't really matter if if I lose 10 pounds in a week, if I lose 10 pounds in a month, if I lose 10 pounds in a year, I'm just working on being a healthier person. And so part of that is learning to focus on what are my actions, not my outcomes. And so I can say I want to lose 10 pounds, but there's nothing I can really I can't just will that to happen by wanting to lose 10 pounds. But what I can do is I can focus on, can I work out two or three days a week? Well, that's something that's in my control. Can I maybe eat a little bit less at meals or eat more of certain healthier foods at meals? That's something within my control. And I know if I do those things consistently, that should lead to some scale changes down the road. But if not, I'm a a healthier person because of it. And so really just focusing long-term and not believing all the hype between or behind 15-minute abs or shredded in 60 type things. Because for most people, that's just not reality. For most people, it's going to be a lifelong slug of, of going through and eating healthier foods, eating vegetables, eating protein, working out a little bit. Next day, you do the same thing. And it's not super exciting. It's not super quick. But learning that that's kind of what the average person's health journey looks like. And again, that comes from turning off social media and and just getting away from, from those unrealistic expectations. And what I find refreshing about the way that you're doing things here is you're inviting people to be on a journey with you rather than the usual thing we see in social media is, hey, this is the body that I have got mm. and you can be this way too. And we get this image of, I've got it all together, where, as you're saying, none of us do. So that's a mm. lie. And you're quite open and honest saying, you know what? I'm not there yet either and probably never will be. So come and join the journey. How refreshing is that for the people that you interact with? I love health and fitness. And so I really want people to be healthier and more fit. And so what I want to do is I want to to try and have an approach that that reaches the masses that isn't just about looking a certain way because I fully recognize that that most people won't look that certain way. I don't even look that certain way. And so and so I want to to really just reach people and say, you know what, this is a journey and it's a it's a tough one. You're going to have some wins, you're going to have some losses. Um you may never get to where you actually want to be. Let's just try to be a little bit healthier. Can we be a little bit stronger? Over, over time. And so part of what, what I say in my book, one of my big, my big lines is that you may never be healthy, but you can be healthier and you may never be strong, but you can be stronger because 
there's some people who've kind of disqualified themselves from traditional standards of fitness. So if you are a certain weight and body fat, the chances of you being even a healthy weight, it might be something beyond what you're willing to do. But that doesn't mean you just give up and say, well, I can't be, I can't lose 300 pounds to be a healthy weight, so I'm not going to do anything. Well, maybe you could do something. Maybe you could lose five pounds, right? Because if you if you were 400 pounds and you lost five pounds, you'd be a healthier person. And so it's not about these traditional standards of fitness that, that we see on a magazine. It's just about saying, how can I be healthier? And so it's not about losing weight. It's not about gaining weight. It's it's not about weight at all. Those are That's just kind of a byproduct of stewardship and taking care of your body. It's just about saying, how can I be a little bit healthier? So maybe you eat a carrot. Maybe that's that's healthier for someone. And so that's what they do. They spend a week eating eating a carrot. And we try and make it really accessible to, to all people. So whether you have a disability, whether you're really old, really young, I think that everyone can and should steward their body. They should take care of their body in some way. One of the things that you've touched on a couple of times as we've been chatting is that you've really taken the focus off the fitness, even though that's what we're talking about. You've put it somewhere else. You've put it into your faith. And some would say, well, you're just trying to squeeze something in where it doesn't fit. And Mm -hmm. yet there are principles that you've found through the Bible that lead us to a healthier way of thinking and therefore a healthier way of acting. Tell me about how those two connect. So when I was doing my journey from my disordered eating to where I am now, I was really looking for resources that that connected the two because, like I said, I believe that the Bible impacts every area of our life. Whether or not it speaks directly to it, I think it, as, as a Christian, it should impact every area. And lots of what I found, it just didn't really resonate with me. So I, I'm always trying to be very clear that, that the Bible does not explicitly teach on health and fitness. There's very little you could go to the Bible for and find a, an explicit teaching on how to work out or how to eat. Almost nothing. I never want to pretend like it does. I never want to take verses out of context to try and make them say something they don't. And so that's where, where I really rely on principles. And so looking at the fact that even something as simple as our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, in context, Paul's talking about sexual purity and sexual immorality. But the fact that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that doesn't change if I'm talking about sex or I'm talking about food. It's still a temple of the Holy Spirit. Because of that, I should honor God with my body. And so really when when we look at at how, how health and fitness and our faith overlap, we're really just looking at honoring God with our body, where, where Paul writes, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So that means that whatever I do, whether I'm eating, drinking, whether I'm working out, whether I'm with my kids, I'm doing everything for the glory of God. I really believe that, that Paul means whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so it really comes down for me then to just saying, well, how do I bring glory to God through working out? How do I bring glory to God through calorie counting? How do I bring glory to God through intermittent fasting if that's if that's what I'm doing? And it's it's just asking that question. How do I bring glory to God through these different things that I'm trying with my health and fitness? 
How do we overcome the manipulation that is used by the diet industry, by the fitness industry to have us acting in a certain way? How do we not just slip into using scriptures as that manipulation when we say, okay, the Bible says that your body's a a temple, therefore you must do this, you must do that, and actually enter into that freedom that Jesus promises us in still using the Bible as those principles, but recognizing that there is freedom in that. So I think the first thing that where I would go to is to say, because the Bible doesn't give explicit teaching, that we're going to see a range of how that plays out in people's lives. And so there's a lot of people that I think they, they want to be right. They want to feel like they are doing things the right way when really there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. And so that's where you get lots of like diet zealots where they, before you've even heard their name, you know that they're a vegan, you know that they eat keto, you know that they do CrossFit, you know, all these things about them. They're so zealous. They they so badly want approval and affirmation of what they're doing. And when I look at the Bible, I just don't see those commands in there. And so then I want to, I want to be gracious and, and just say right on, like, if that's what you choose to do, then you can absolutely steward your body. And so if you want to eat keto, if you want to eat paleo, if you want to run, if you want to lift weights, if you want to do Pilates or something like that, do it for the glory of God. And so just recognizing that that there's not just one way to do things, that stewardship is going to look different for, for just about every person out there. And that's okay. That's a good thing. That, and I think that if if we are doing things differently, that means that we are stewarding our bodies because if we're all just following the same thing, well, we all have different tasks. We all have different things to do. There shouldn't be a a 75-year-old grandma trying to do the same workout programs that I'm doing as a 30-something-year-old dad. And so to look at at our lives and say, this is what, what you need to do to steward your body, to honor God with your body. This is what I need to do to honor God with my body. Let's do that and let's cheer each other on too. Let's not be so tribal about our diet, about our workout program. Let's encourage people to do what they need to do. And what does life look like for you now? Did you ever get that buff body that you were after or is it something different now? And Tell me about your family. So I think the ironic thing about it all is once I stopped caring so much, things started to change even more. And so I think like right now I'm 32 years old and so I'm not, I'm not by any means old. I'm just kind of at the prime of my muscle building life. But once I started to let go of some of those cares and, and caring so much, that's when I started to see things change a little bit more. And so for me right now, I still wrestle with wanting to work out more than I should. And so for me, it's, it's a lot of, again, discipline to say, I'm going to work out probably every other day it's something I enjoy. I don't have a lot of hobbies. So for me, working out is kind of my hobby. Um, it's, it's something I, I do find joy in. But I also recognize that that, that, can, that can slowly start to get away from me. And I, I can work out more. And, and the more I work out, well, the earlier I wake up. And so I'm more tired throughout the day. And, and so that begins to affect my work. That begins to affect my family. And I've got three young kids. So, so I need to keep the energy fairly high throughout the day was that I'm home. And so I realized I do need to sleep. And so if I'm working out too much, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not going to be as good of a dad as I could be. And for me, being a dad 
need, it needs to take priority over my, over my health and fitness. And so if I have to choose, I need to choose be a great dad over go lift more weights. And so for me, I try and do something kind of every other day where I'm, I'm lifting weights. And then the rest of it's just trying to be as active as I can with, with my family, picking up kids, running around and those sorts of things, trying to figure out how can I just incorporate fitness and activity into my everyday life. It makes it a lot more enjoyable too, because giggling kids are a lot more fun to lift than just boring old weights. And so just trying to find ways that I can incorporate health and fitness into my life has really been, been I'd say, advantageous for me. And it just makes it a lot more fun. I know that there are people listening and they're saying, well, the problem with me is not that I want to work out too much, it's I want to work out too little. And there's people at a range of areas that would say, that's not my issue. But as you've mentioned, you're actually speaking practical tips to people across a, a whole range. What have mm -hmm. some of the responses been from people that have come on that journey with you? What has been their experience? You know, overall, it's been really positive. I think that most people are tired of being beat over the head by the fact that they will never measure up to, to the standards that are out there. And so then to hear a message of, you know, you don't have to measure up to those standards because you've got different tasks. And I find especially one of the, the audiences that has probably been the most receptive is moms, because I think that moms feel an, an incredible amount of pressure to, to be all things to all people. For them to come and say, like, it's really good to just to know that I don't have to be a certain way physically. I don't have to do certain things that maybe I used to do. That's really encouraging. I just want the, the wide range of people to recognize that They've got certain things that God has called them to. They have certain things that God has prepared for them to do. And what do you need to do to be strong for those tasks? And so what I find is, is a lot of people just, they hear the message and they can just kind of breathe a sigh of relief, knowing that they no longer have to strive so hard to lose weight because it might not mean losing weight if they're stewarding their body. Um, they no longer have to get to the gym so much. They no longer have to do exercises that they hate doing because it's not actually improving their ability to honor God with their body. And so I think in general, kind of the, the overarching theme that, that people have, have responded with is just, just a relief, just the, enjoying the freedom that comes with stewarding your body and not feeling like they need to keep up with how they perceive society thinks they should look and how they should exercise. You're really giving people permission to be friends with themselves, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if people are wanting to get hold of your book or to listen to the podcast or connect with you. What's the easiest way for them to do that? So probably the easiest way is to go to my website, codywheeler.com. And from there, it's got links to um, my book on Amazon, my podcast. And then my Instagram is where I'm probably most active in just trying to give general tips to help push people towards stewardship. And, and so through Instagram, one of my big things is, is I, I recognize that, that the fitness industry is really full of a lot of images of people not wearing a lot of clothing, which I think as a Christian is something that we need to be aware of. And I think we can often expose ourselves to things that aren't benefiting us because of the information we're getting. And so part of my, my goal is to, to give high quality information on just very practical things without 
over-sexualized pictures and imagery. And so um, Instagram is where I'm, I post a couple times a week, just things and say, hey, this might be a way that you steward your body. And all that can be found through my website. And I'll put uh, links to the website on the show notes at bleedingdaylight.net so that people can find that easily. Cody, it has been wonderful talking to you to hear about that realization that has changed you, but not just you, but you're able to bring others along on the journey. It's been a delight to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Rodney. Thank you for listening to Bleeding Daylight. Please help us to shine more light into the darkness by sharing this episode with others. For further details and more episodes, please visit bleedingdaylight.net.